Hi, I'm Chuck Friedman and you're listening to The Developer's Edge. On this show, we talk to the most inspiring members of our community from around the world and discuss their stories, upcoming projects, and more. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My name's Chuck Friedman, and I host Developer's Edge. I'm so excited to welcome back Addison Snydel, our video producer, to talk about today's very special episode. Hi, Addison. Hi. I'm very excited to be here again for Season 3 of Developer's Edge. Today's episode of Developer's Edge is a really special one. Among all the people that I've worked with in developer relations and other roles, Amar is right at the top. Her career has been extremely influential and inspirational to so many people, including myself. She does great work enabling developers, and it was really awesome to have her on the show. Yes, I found Amara extremely fascinating. She's not someone you generally find in the developer space. It's really her career that did it for me. She started out as a developer, but wanted to do more. And I think with a skill set like hers, she was able to. Her goal was to enable developers because developers are truly the backbone of everything, everything technology. Being able to successfully explain the technical part of how things work to a customer and to a developer just saves money, time, and it's very important. So I find the conversation to be very fascinating today. Well, let's go to our wonderful conversation with Amara Graham. So happy that she was able to spend time with us on Developer's Edge. Hey everybody, welcome back to an amazingly special episode of Developer's Edge. Today, I couldn't be more thrilled to welcome longtime friend and colleague Amara Graham, who's head of developer experience at Komunda. Amara, so happy to talk to you today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and so excited to talk to you. I really want to hear so much about uh, how the last couple of years have shaped your career, propelled you into the role that you have now. What are you doing at Komunda? So I run our, our developer experience program which is one of the, the three pillars that we have under our developer relations um, team or, or department. Um, we in developer experience focus on documentation. So that's our technical documentation, how to use the, the product, how to work with the product. Um, we also have a contributor experience side of things, um, including our Kamunda Community Hub where we have people who build open source projects, um, contribute back to the, the community of folks that are working around the, the Komunda ecosystem. Um, and then we also represent or run our, our forum as well. Where does developer relations fit overall in Komunda? Is it, is it its own stack uh, or is it part of product or marketing or something? It's a great question, and I feel like you and I have talked about this on and off across the years as we've changed, you know, roles and companies. Where does where does developer relations fit, or where does developer experience in this case fit? So we report or roll up through the the CTO um, via the the products team. So the director of developer relations, my boss Mary Thangval, rolls up to Daniel Meyer, who is our our CTO. Um, so we sit in the products team along with engineering. So there's a number of different teams. Again, maybe to, to set the context, we've got developer relations, uh, technical support, 
engineering, which includes like all of the branches, product engineering, QA, um, and then uh, we also have the the product management and design folks. So it's products, but I think not in the traditional sense that some people think like, oh, product, it's product managers and, and that side of the house. It's literally like all of our technical product folks. Um, so it's, it's quite a large group of people, but it's, I think it speaks towards the, the developer friendliness that we, we bring or we live at, at Comunda having all of those folks in kind of the same or like a sister reporting structure. Looking back on what you've achieved and the success of the developers that you've worked with, is there something about your approach or your understanding of this role that uh, makes you particularly successful in enabling developers? This is such a funny question to, to get from you <laughs> specifically um, because you were my, my first DevRel boss, I think is, is how I refer to you in, in blogs and podcasts and things. Um, I, I think at least now in the, the position that I'm in currently, one of the things that, you know, I'll fluff my ego for a second, that uh, makes me so good is I'm, I, I don't know how I did this, but I basically found and circled back, if you will. I know some people don't like that phrase, um, on where I began as a developer. So Komunda as a company does uh, process automation or, or business process automation um, tools or, or developer tools, builds platforms for them. Um, that was how I started in enterprise IT. So I am running an enablement program for developers when I was a developer doing this exact same thing X amount of years ago to not date myself. Um, so there are certain things that I can look at very quickly and identify, you know, when I was the tech lead or the, the decision maker evaluating different um, BPM or process automation platforms, what were some of the things that we were looking for back then? Um, and how has that improved or how has that changed over time or has it? I think just having the background as a, a developer, whether it was developing you know, production scenario things like I was doing in, in enterprise applications um, or just Having a, a technical skill set, I think that's incredibly helpful because you're you're building technical things or you're needing to communicate with technical people um, on highly technical topics. Um, so it's it, it kind of gives you the ability to you know gain their trust very quickly, produce an, an authentic message that says you know hey I was a, was a developer too I may be a recovering developer now. Um, but it makes those, those connections and those relationships a lot easier to, to foster. You said a lot of things that just reflect your focus, passion, and I think there's sort of elements of responsibility that are part of what you do. And I'm thinking about the level of empathy that you have to have for your end users, your developers, who would otherwise struggle through the process of getting through docs uh, to, to do their jobs with, with the tools that you and your company are providing. How does that continue to burn? Like, how does that continue to go? Like, are you 
Are you applauding from afar as you know you're, you're enabling success? Are, is there a feedback loop where you're sort of checking in on specific developers or customers? Like how does that, how does that keep kindling this, this interest of yours, this passion of yours to do what you're doing? So I think at, at Comunda, we have, you know, a, a fantastic, if not sometimes overwhelming amount of feedback that we can get both internally and externally. So we have a team internally that's actually like our, our consulting arm of the company. Our consulting team is very hands-on with our customers and our, they're really like digging into what the customer's problems are, helping them through solutions, training them. Um, it's a lot more in depth than the the workshops and things that our, our DevRel team offers, for example. Um, so they provide quite a bit of, of feedback about you know how things work, how they would change things um, as kind of that that developer perspective. It gives me the ability to have like a good gut check. Like is is what I'm hearing from them, kind of validating what I'm thinking of at a, a strategic level or what I kind of feel in my gut is, is the direction that we need to go in. Um, so it's a good way to check, you know, yes, this is, is something that I think we, we need to do. Um, on the community side, then we have forums, we have our champions program that our community managers run. Um, we have a number of different community-based touch points that will tell us very loud and clear if we're doing something right, wrong, or otherwise. So I always like to keep a, a, a pulse on that, um, whether that means like I'm actively in the forum looking at, you know, what, what do people think of the latest and greatest release, um, or if I'm getting that information filtered from our, our developer advocates and, and other folks. Um, but I think similar to, to how you think about things is I, I need time to be hands-on with the product that I'm either advocating for as a, a developer advocate, like in my previous roles, or um, that I'm building this enablement content for. It's interesting that I have a team that's very focused on you know, documentation because I'm definitely one of those developers who would rather you know, work through a tool myself than read the documentation or go through a guided um, wizard-like tutorial, like I want to just kind of do it myself and see if it's intuitive for me. Um, and that gives me a lot of, of insight into, you know, how other developers like me may, may struggle through this. Um, I think the other piece too is I'm just, I'm naturally curious and I'm definitely more of, you know, an engineering mindset and I, I find myself working with, with products or at companies where we do have developer tools or we do have a developer-friendly offering, um, but it's, it's not just for developers. So I think that also keeps things kind of fresh is evaluating perspectives from our other personas. Um, because yes, I run a, a developer experience program and we're focused on developer enablement, but at the end of the day, it's not just developers who are, are using our product or using our tools. So what can I do for, for them as well? And that's a little bit more challenging because I've not been in that position. Um, I, I have no experience being like a business analyst or a systems analyst, for example. Um, so I don't 
know what the like lived experience is of, of working through a product from that perspective. Um, and I can gain that from, you know, discussions with our consulting team, our product management team, looking at support tickets um, and other things that we have internally to kind of better understand and get that well-rounded view of who is using our, our product and exactly how, um, not just the, the personas that we would like to see who is actually using our, our product and, and how and where are they struggling. Let's go back a little bit to where this passion and interest for DevRel started. Uh, I, I'd love to hear like where you were in your career and sort of when you had that kind of aha moment that it was time to pivot or that there was an opportunity to pivot into what you do today. So the team that I was working with was a team of, of what we called capability engineers, um, along with some enterprise architects. Each of us owned a, a platform, a development platform um, that we used internally throughout Intel, mostly in IT, but there were other um, areas of the company that, that worked with these platforms or had solutions um, and applications running on these platforms as well. Uh, so I was a, a developer who was enabling developers uh, to kind of start the theme there. Um, but I was I was working with other developers, teaching them how to use these platforms and um, really guiding them through building the solutions that either they or their their business organization, business stakeholders were the experts in. And that's when I, I had some conversations with the architect that I was working with, the enterprise architect, Kyle Short. And I didn't really know what the next step was. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be able to interact with more developers, get a broader perspective. And he was the one who introduced this concept of, um, I think at the time it was you know evangelism. If you heard of evangelism, there's a lot of smaller companies that are doing it. It's basically being a liaison between the internal teams at the company and the external developer community. And I was like, cool, that's interesting. Fast forward was able to find a internal community management position that Chuck, you posted um, in a different team at uh, Intel. And it was a project that was, was open source. I really wanted to go in the direction where I could broaden my reach and help more developers and teach more developers, interact with more developers, um, and, you know, see different solutions, um, and, you know, really kind of go after that curiosity of what, what are other developers doing in the world, whether it's in IT or, or in other places. And the, the community management position was really great because it put me in a place where I could do that, but I could also grow my skills and understand how the world of DevRel was evolving. Um, because I think I entered right around the same time that um, we were kind of moving away from the traditional uh, evangelist role and into more of what is now considered a, a developer advocate and the differences between those. And I really found kind of a, a leaning towards enablement um, and developer advocacy with kind of that enablement flair to it. Are there metrics like time to first code or maybe some things that you've created in this role that you can measure uh, the success and impact that you're having on developers? 
we are actively looking at how people um, navigate through our, our documentation. You could consider that you know, a user journey or a, a, a flow, um, but using things like Google Analytics, we're able to see how people spend their time in documentation. It could be the amount of time they spend on a page, and that's going to depend on the kind of content that they're viewing. If it's something like a how-to, we would like to see that time on page be roughly about the time it should take for them to complete it from, from beginning to end. If they're on a page that's more like a um, resource or a reference page, maybe API reference or, or glossary, they may only visit for a couple of minutes, couple of seconds, and then get what they need and leave. And that's also very, very successful. Um, so what we're doing now actually is taking a look at our documentation, how people flow through it, the time that they're spending on each of those pages and the journey that they're taking through our documentation so that we can then make more informed decisions about how we in developer experience want to evolve our documentation over time or how we want to advocate internally for, for changes there. So it's not necessarily like a number of page views type metrics. It's not something that skews more towards what I would describe as, as vanity metrics. It's more enablement metrics. What are people doing with our docs? And then how can we influence changes internally to make it easier or more efficient? Amar, any, anything you wanted to ask me or talk about? A question that folks ask quite a bit is, you know, how do you get started in, in developer relations? What do you need to get started in developer relations? But for you, Chuck, I'm interested in how you've, you know, been in developer relations, you've been in developer advocacy, and then you've taken roles that have, have pulled you outside of developer relations. Has that changed what you're doing in the developer relations and advocacy space now? I got to a point where two things happened. My kids got to a certain age where they're like, why are you leaving us two or three times a month to go talk with other people? And I found that developer advocacy got to be so reliant on our ability to listen to our community of developers and effectively share that feedback with product teams. And that was a skill that I was missing. Um, I had a great appreciation for product, of course, and in several roles was aligned with product, but talking the, you know, the use cases, the user stories, how to get that converted into something that would effectively translate to become priority uh, was getting frustrating. So I did take a break from DevRel for a couple of years, um, went to work on some amazing projects uh, to sharpen my ability and interest in how product teams work. So I became a product manager for a couple of really, really fun uh, products and all dependent on platforms, all dependent on APIs. Work, still working with developers very much, but from sort of the other side of, of, of the lens. Yeah, I think there's a, a number of conversations that I've had with developer advocates in particular that they, they feel that draw to product management for a variety of reasons. And I think most of it boils down to it. They want to see 
what it's like to do product management because they've had those relationships with product managers, good, bad, or ugly. And it's that, that insatiable curiosity that I think makes for really good developer advocates that ends up, you know, sending them in different directions. Amar, this was such a wonderful opportunity. I think when, when I worked with my team to create kind of this show, I had in mind that I would, I would be able to talk to folks who have been so important to me in my career. I just can't thank you enough for the time being on, on Developer's Edge with me and having this great conversation. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for having me. And, you know, thanks for the questions that got me thinking about blasts from the past moments and, and you know, where I've come and how, how we work together. It's, it's been really cool. Thank you for joining us on the Developer's Edge. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to hear more, head to the Akamai Developer YouTube channel to check out some of our other developer stories. Till next time, take care and we'll talk again soon.